Appreciate uh, Trent being a part of our show this evening or this afternoon as we plug along here into hour three. And our caller, our new caller, just hung up. So uh, we'll have to uh, get back to uh, whoever that was. If they want to call back, you're welcome to do that. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's see if we got our caller back on the line. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Yeah, this is uh, Doug from Tucson. Hey, Doug from Tucson. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I guess the main thing I'm calling about is is the last um, uh, post show that Kirk Ferentz gave made me think that there's no way he's going to fire Brian. Okay. And uh, based on, I'm just curious. I, before you go on, I just want to be curious why. What 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 was the? I'm not disagreeing with you, but was it the? What what about his comments during that uh, presser made you believe that? Well, he said that uh, he was very pleased with all his staff and that he thought they all did a great job. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, at, at some point there are things, I'm not saying that, that he's parting ways with Brian or they don't have a plan for his exit. I, I don't necessarily believe that to be true either. Um, but at times, coaches are going to say what they have to say in the moment uh, to the media to save yeah. face. So. I wouldn't read too much well, into that. I, I know what you're saying, though. I've always been a big Kirk Ferentz fan, but this last year I've, I've kind of turned totally around, and, and I think he has to go because – and I think in one of your shows you said that uh, he got a bonus for, for winning seven games. I, I, I believe that's the case. Uh, that's the, the last uh, time I uh, – read any information read any information on his contract that was a, a clause in his contract that'll uh got him a bonus for winning seven i believe that's the case yeah and that means that iowa is is uh happy just being mediocre i mean well it, when it, will we ever take the next step forward you know forward and you know what that's an administrator if we if you're if we're going with that argument and i'm not saying i'm certainly not arguing it uh, that is a, a, an issue from the top down. It, that's that's a much bigger issue than oh. Kirk Ferentz because Iowa agreed yeah. to a contract yeah. that stipulates a bonus at seven wins. That's an Iowa problem. That's not even a Kirk Ferentz problem. Yeah, but but at the same time, Kirk Kirk will say that you know if we won seven games, that hey we won seven games. You know what if you know? I don't know. I just. I know he doesn't like the portal. He doesn't like any change. You know, he's just not staying up with the game. It's passing him by, and and I think it's hurting Iowa football. Well, you're not the only one who feels that way. Um, I don't know that you're I, – I, I think two to three years ago, uh, if, if you called into the show and said that, I think you would have been absolutely 100% in the minority. I, I don't know that you are anymore. I, I think I think yeah. the, the crowd of uh, – naysayers are getting is, is getting larger and then that's i mean kirk has done nothing as it relates to this offense and and evolving this offense and hiring offensive minds these last two years anything to offset that and so until iowa proves it on offense there are going to be more and more people like you who doubt that he can get it done here um anything more than winning seven to nine games every year yeah and i'm also wondering is he is he thinking because he got uh, Cade and, and that tight end that, 
you know, that should give Brian one more year to see what he can do with, you know, I thought that too, but then, you know, he was so high on Spencer. I don't know. Why would he think that, you know, well, I don't know that quarterback would change anything. Yeah. I don't know that he was as high on Spencer. I don't think, I don't know that Iowa was as high on Spencer Petrus as maybe people thought they were because that was the perception they had to give off. I just think that quarterback room from the Iowa coaches perspectives was so weak. Spencer Petrus was the best they had in their opinions. So I, I, again, reading between the lines, they don't, they didn't have a lot of confidence in any of those guys. That's why I was so frustrated with their refusal to go to the transfer portal at that position last cycle, because if there was any time to go to the portal at quarterback, it would have been last year. And I know they make contact with, with at least one guy, I think just one guy, but they should have made a push last year. So I, I, I don't know that they had a great level of confidence with Spencer. I just think it's, he's the, the best they had, or at least in their opinion, he was the best they had. Um, and I, I can see where you're coming from. I said the same thing when Iowa made a push for Cade, um, and obviously they have to go to the portal strong this year because they've lost enough guys, but especially the Cade McNamara thing, you wonder, I'm not saying this is the case, but you do wonder, is this Kirk's way of trying to buy Brian time? You know, that yeah, that's yeah. a fair question to have at this point. Yeah. And then the last thing I, I was wanting to say is I thought I read somewhere that in the, what do they call it? The NIL or whatever they give money. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. that the a third string player will get the same amount of money as anyone on the first string. And same goes for women's basketball or soccer that they're just spreading it out among everybody instead of, you know, but the way, the way it sounded lately that, uh, um, they gave Mac, um, Cade McNamara money. So, uh, I don't know which, which is true anymore. I believe there again. I'm no expert on NIL, and and I'd be happy to have Brad Heinrichs, who's kind of the head guy of the Swarm Collective, on here. Um, but I, I believe, don't quote me on this. I believe there are incentives, if you will, as part of this collective. So yes, everybody has a set amount, but then there are insert incentives for certain people. I believe. Again, I'm no expert on how mm-hmm. that works either. But Cade McNamara is not going to be making the same as you know uh, AJ Lawson. I mean that he he, he came here with reason to believe that he's going to make money. So yeah, more money than he, he would other places. So NIL was a big part of Kate. It sounds like it was a big part of why Kate's coming here. So no, you're right. There, there are different incentives. I was told on pretty darn good authority that, uh, Caden Proctor, who had notified Iowa coaches and players on Sunday that he was going to be decommitting. I was told on Sunday that Iowa, some of the people on Iowa's side were trying to uh, filter some cash down, some extra cash toward Caden Proctor in hopes that he would change his mind. So th- those things are happening. Uh, don't don't let that that narrative of everybody makes the same fool you. Those those things are happening. There are extra incentives for certain recruits, certain guys out of the portal and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I sure appreciate your show. I, I mean, I just, it's great. I, I really enjoy it. Well, I appreciate hearing that and uh, you're welcome to call anytime, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. Appreciate all the phone calls here. Uh, and always good to hear from our folks uh, in other states. Uh, 
we heard Tucson. I saw somebody uh, earlier. We missed the call from. I saw somebody left a message from Tucson, I believe, or excuse me, from. We just talked to our caller from Tucson. Uh, I believe somebody uh, left a message from uh, San Diego County. So uh, good to see our call, our callers across uh, across the country. All right. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? John. Hey, John. How are you? Good. You? I'm doing good. Good. I'm from Chicago, and I just want to get Corey's thoughts on the two DBs that Iowa signed that are two Chicago kids, uh, Nestor and Tate. Well, I'll, I'll be frank. Um, I don't know as much about uh, – about John, just because uh, I haven't seen as much tape as I have of Khalil. Um, I I defer to Phil Parker on on both of those guys. Obviously, I've talked about his ability to evaluate. I think you would agree. I'm assuming you're a Hawkeye fan. Um, he he yeah. is a Phil Parker is the best in the business as it relates to evaluating defensive back talent. He's been that way since he started here back in what nine with Kirk. Um, so. Uh, I, I, both of those, it's been a while since I even looked at John Nestor on tape, uh, Khalil Tate, what committed back in the summer. Uh, I know chose Iowa over Wisconsin. Khalil, maybe he's got an extra gear as it relates to athleticism. Both guys are sound Phil targets guys who are ball Hawks. Uh, it's good to see. I will say this. It's good to see Iowa hitting the Chicago area hard. Um, you know, with Brett Bielema now at Illinois, that, that has been a thought that's went through my mind. Will Brett start to, uh, eke his way into Chicago. I mean, for a long time, Illinois hasn't been able to do anything up there, anything significant. And you wonder now with, with Brett Bielema being there. So it's good to see Iowa uh, landing both of those kids, uh, good prospects from the Chicago area. Nice. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. That was a quick call. Easy question. And uh, I maybe didn't give as much insight as a uh, caller wanted. Um, but uh and boy, when you have 20 prospects and, and I've looked at all these guys on tape, you know, I haven't been able to go watch John Nestor in person. I've been able to go watch Khalil Tate in person. So you kind of got to read between the lines, but it, it does, uh, it does get hard to remember. You know, I've got little notes here and there of these different guys. Um, but all of these DBs that Iowa has targeted this cycle and basically any cycle, they're sound, they're disciplined. They have a knack for finding the ball. Zach Lutmer talked about that here a little bit ago when he called in. Um, I mean, Khalil Tate is 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 an intriguing one, but but all these guys now have good size. I mean, Zach Lutmer's six one. I think John Nestor's in the six one six two range. Will he end up be? I'm assuming he's going to end up being a safety at Iowa. Um, you know, Zach, uh, I'm, I'm assuming will will be a safety as well. Uh, certainly a DB. So, uh, you know, I don't want to say they're they're not cookie cutter. They're not cookie cutter guys. They're they're all different and unique. But when you're watching them on tape, you you see commonalities, and so that's why it's hard for me to talk about a difference between watching, you know, a John Nestor and a Zach Lutmer, because those two guys couldn't be different as far as backgrounds. One grew up in Chicago, one grew up in Rock Rapids, Iowa, but they play a similar style. They fit what Phil Parker wants. And that's good. That's consistency in recruiting. And it's worked for as long as Phil Parker's been here. I expect it to continue to work. All right. Uh, let's get to long shot Hawk, who says any O-line prospects we can get. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you this long shot Hawk. Uh, I know Tyler Barnes after Caden Proctor decommitted, uh, or at least I, I believe it was before he officially decommitted, but, but it, it had already occurred. 
he started following a couple of prospects that are in the portal. My guess is they will push for a prospect or two. I'm a little disappointed that we hadn't heard about rumblings at that position earlier in the transfer portal window cycle. And I know it's only been open for a couple of weeks, but uh, that was a need anyways. And even though I think Caden Proctor would have played from you know day one on, um, I, I don't know that uh, there's any reason to believe that um, they have anybody else there who has locked down their position. Like Mason Richmond had an okay year. Logan Jones struggled. Um, I know Justin Britt was out with injury. I'm assuming he's coming back. Um, you know, Nick DeYoung's had been, he's been up and down. Jack Plum's graduating. So I think they need help there anyways. So I'm with you, Longshot Hawk. I, I think that will be a priority. I wish it had been maybe a bigger priority. Maybe it was, and I'm just not aware of it. But they need help across the board there. Trevor Lau is going to come in here as a four-star prospect and give them help. Hopefully they've had some, they've swung and missed on some four-star guys. And when I say swung and missed, they've gotten them here and they just haven't panned out. I mean, uh, Tyler Endress is an example. I wish the best for him, but he was a four-star kid from Norwalk. Hadn't seen the field here. David Davikov. I don't know latest on his situation. He hasn't been with the team. I don't think since the beginning of camp, um, you know, will he join the team again? I mean, no offense, Ezra Miller, um, you know, go, go down the list. They've had a number of guys, Josh Volk, had a number of guys leave for various reasons, not work out. And uh, you hope that guys like, like Colby, Richmond, maybe now Lauk, et cetera, they've, they've got to start retaining some of these guys and, and, and developing them. Um, Iowa has this rich history under Kirk of developing offensive linemen, but they've kind of struggled to do that in recent years with the exception being Tyler Linderbaum. You know, I mean, Tristan Wirfs was, uh, he was a stud when he got here. Linderbaum had to be developed. He was a defensive lineman who turned into a safety and obviously a really good one. But uh, yeah, great question. We'll, we'll see where they go with the portal. Lots of time left uh, for Iowa to hopefully make some headway on some of these guys. Uh, update on Iowa men's basketball. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, I'm not watching it closely because uh, we're here talking Iowa football on signing day. Uh, final play of the first half is a tip in for Iowa. The Hawks now lead 45, 37 at the end of the first half. That, that is concerning. Uh, the fact that they're up by just eight against Eastern Illinois, but uh, we'll talk about that with, with Gary close here in a little bit. Let's get to our next caller. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the storm. Who's on the line. Hey, Corey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's Ryan from McGregor having to call in. I uh, want to thank you for doing a great show here. This has been very entertaining, and the uh, comment section has been outstanding. Good. I appreciate you being here, and I've enjoyed it as well. I uh, I feel just like all the other Hawk fans do. I mean, I'm disappointed over uh, – you know, Proctor decommitting. Uh, but I just want to remind everybody that, you know, we've had this in the past. This is not the first time. We had a kid from Atlantic named Blake Larson that was a five-star offensive lineman. And, you know, that didn't work out so well for Blake, unfortunately. And everybody had high hopes for him. And then there was a, another kid, you know. Um, I don't even remember his name, which is sad. I should, Doring. but he was from Cedar Falls, and he was a five-star recruit that ended up going to Alabama. Oh, Pierce and that's Parker. my point. I don't even know his name, nor do I give a shit. <laughs> I don't even care because he's not an Iowa guy. And, I mean, one thing that Don has reminded everybody on this show throughout the season is that when they would go and they would recruit a kid, you know, you're a celebrity when you're playing at Iowa. 
and you will get recognized and you will be remembered. There's been a lot of great offensive linemen from Iowa that have gone on to other schools and done some very outstanding work. But hey, the Iowa boys, they're always remembered and recalled and revered. And we remember their names and they're important to all of us. So that's one thing, you know, that they may get more money or incentives or whatever to play somewhere else, but they're never going to be loved by any other school like the Iowa fans are going to love the players that commit here. And it's obvious today, you know, that when you're looking at these recruits, that there's, there's genuine love here, you know, for the program and they're committed. And with the work they put in and the sacrifices they make to play in here, I mean, we just got to appreciate all the kids that even, you know, sign and come and, and play because it's, it's hard playing in pain and, and sac- making the sacrifice that you need to make to play on this level. So I, I just want to kind of calm Iowa fans down. I mean, everybody's disappointed that we've lost a five-star recruit. Yes, they don't come by Iowa very often. And there's been some really great ones that have done great. Epinesa is one that I recall. But that, that's the sort of how I feel about it. I just want to share that with people. So that while we're all disappointed, we kind of put this in perspective, I think, a little bit. I appreciate that. And, um, you you know, you're, you're absolutely right. And I saw the comment here from Josh that uh, it would have been nice to get Caden, but it's time to move on. I, I'm happy talking about that in between. I mean, I want to focus on the, the guys who are here. I mean, right. They, they, they yeah, deserve I mean, to that's be. exactly right. This is, a, this is a great show. And I mean, these kids are coming in here and, you know, they've committed to the program. So they have hopes that you know, the coaching staff is going to develop them and, and equip them to be um, great football players. I mean, I don't know. One of the things that kind of I, I, I would like to ask guys that you're interviewing is, you know, are there, are there, is it their goal to play NFL football or are they here to play college football and just be a Hawkeye? I mean, sort of like what, what are their goals for coming here, so to speak? And some kids come to Iowa and they don't have aspirations of playing pro football. Um, and some do. I mean, some come here specifically to try to play pro football. So I just think that some of the kids, though, that are committing are just thrilled to be on scholarship at a D1 school and play in the Big Ten and uh, and, earn, and have earned a scholarship and want to get a degree. and uh, And that's the most important to them you know, than the, all the other stuff. And I, I get the pay for play and all that issues that are going on, but uh, I think we're kind of losing sight of a little of this. I don't think it's all lost yet, you know, to the NIL and all that. But that's just what I think. I uh, wonder what you think about that. I mean, um, in preparing for the show today, did you, you know, do you ponder, like, you know, asking these kids questions as to their what their goals are at Iowa, you know, for you know, we're asking what positions they'd like to play or, you know, things like that, but their real reason for committing here and what their goals and aspirations are in coming here. They want Absolutely. to play a big 10 championship or national championship, or do they want to play on the pro level or is that, is that what they're aspiring to do? Uh, it's just sort of interesting to uh, hear what they think 
Yeah, and I, I would encourage anybody who's on here listening to some of our conversations with Iowa signees today to go back and listen to some of our longer interviews with some of these same signees like Marcos, like Leighton, like Alex Moda. Yeah. We had those conversations. Of course, we have a, a small window of time for everybody here this afternoon. So um, I, I, I do have to let you slide, Ryan, because we've got a, a, an Iowa signee waiting to jump on. But uh, I always enjoy hearing from you, yeah. and I'm glad you help keep things in perspective for everybody. No problem. Merry Christmas to you, Corey, and thank you for doing a great job. Thank you, sir. We'll, we'll talk yeah. to you soon. Go Hawks, 100%. Before we get to our next uh, Iowa signee who's uh, waiting on hold here for us, I want to give a shout out to Iowa Floor Covering. They're sponsoring the show. They're down at Bondurant. If you have flooring needs, perhaps undergoing a big project, rely on Iowa Floor Covering. They'll take care of you. Give them a call or visit their website, iowafloorcovering.com slash DIY. They've got a deal right now that they're promoting through from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Their tough core clicked together, 4.5 millimeter waterproof vinyl flooring available at 269 per foot. Thank you to Iowa Floor Covering uh, for being a part of this show and again sponsoring the work uh, that we're doing here and, and again work that i enjoy but uh, thank you to iowa floor covering for help to support that all right let's get to our next iowa signee aiden hall is with us mr What's aiden up? hall how are you sir i'm good how are you i am doing wonderful this is a big day for you let's talk yeah. about uh first of all talk about how you feel this is a you have been waiting for this day for a while. You've been locked into your commitment for quite some number of months. What's it feel to finally be a part of the Iowa Hawkeyes? Oh, it feels good. Um, you know, it's been a dream of mine uh, to be able to play for the Hawks. Um, growing up in a small town, we've always been a Hawkeye fan. Um, and, you know, today to, to, to finally make it official um, and, and sign that letter of intent, um, it just it just means the world. Um, you, know, you know, I'm super excited for, for this next stage of my life. I'll piggyback off our, our last caller before we get to football and what you're going to give Iowa on the football field. You and I have never talked. I've never had, you know, I'd love yeah. to have you on a, a longer interview at some point, but we, we got to kind of familiarize people here uh, with your background. What, uh, what drew you to the Iowa coaching staff? Who is your primary recruiter? Um, who are you close with? Tell us a little bit about your recruitment. Uh, Coach Woods is, is definitely the primary recruiter for me. Um, he covers my area. Um, but, you know, I talked to Coach Parker, um, Coach Wallace, um, you know, those guys recruited me. Um, so, yeah, I could play both positions there. Um, but, yeah, uh, we have a good relationship with each other. Um, you know, they, they were coming to my basketball games last year. Um, so I've, no, I've known the staff for a while. Um, and, you know, they're, they're a great group. It's, it's a family feel. Um, and, you know, they, they know how to get guys to the next level. Uh, so yeah, that, that kind of drew me towards them. So, And, again, piggybacking off our last caller, um, there's uh, you're coming to Iowa despite the fact that we we are part of an NIL and transfer portal era uh, where money seems to be king at times. Um, you're coming to Iowa not only to be uh, a football player but a student athlete. What are your goals? I mean, I'm assuming you probably want to play in the NFL if things go yeah. um, the way you you anticipate them going. But talk about your aspirations. So, yeah, eventually, um, you know, I'd like to get to the NFL. Um, you know, that's every kid's dream, I feel like. Um, but, yeah, um, I'd like to get to the NFL. Um, but, you know, this first this first year, um, my goal is to get on special teams, uh, you know, see what I can do there. Um, and then, you know, after that, get a starting spot and then, you know, win, win, hopefully win some championships, whether it's Big Ten or a national championship. Um, I'd say we, we all have that goal, all of us recruits. So, yeah. You have a fascinating 
recruiting list. And I'm talking about schools that recruited you. It's not often you look at an Iowa prospect, Aiden, and you see Army, yeah, Air Force, uh, and then you mix in, you know, a Power Five offer from from Minnesota. And I'm grabbing this off of two four seven Sports, yeah, uh, North Dakota State. That's a power at the FCS level. Uh, you you had a lot of options. I mean, there, there's no uh, there's no shortage of options for Aiden Hall. What caused you to be? I know you said you grew up a Hawkeye fan. But was there any doubt? What caused you to be so locked into being a Hawk? Uh, I'd say as soon as they offered, I mean, even like at the start, like when I started getting a, a lot of these FCS offers, I was thinking like, if Iowa offers, like I'm, I'm definitely committing. Um, so yeah, as soon as they did, you know, it's been a dream of mine and, you know, getting, getting up on campus and actually seeing it in person, uh, just made me realize even more that, that this is a place for me. Um, but yeah, I, I would have liked to gone up and checking out Minnesota. Um, but you know, it's a bit of a time crunch. Um, so yeah, I kind of just had to make that decision. So yeah, I'm happy with it. How much was it? Was obviously they offered, but I mean, Air Force and Army. Um, what's it like being recruited by by those schools? I mean, that, that has to be kind of a unique experience. We do a post game show with with Coach John Patterson, who was an assistant coach under Hayden Fry. He played at Army, so uh-huh. we always get an, an interesting perspective from him. But tell us what it was like being recruited by those guys. Uh, it's it's a little. I don't know. I would honestly say it's pretty similar just to being recruited by any other school. I mean. It, it's it kind of happens fast like both schools just reached out wanted to get on the phone um nothing we didn't talk prior um but yeah they, they just they want to get on the phone then they offer me both schools um and then army you know i would say they had a different coach calling me like for a week it was like a different coach for like six seven days straight um so yeah it's, it's definitely interesting but um yeah and, and talk a little bit about your relationship with uh with Kirk. I mean, I know you, you, you have your primary recruiter. You talked about LeVar Woods, but uh, uh, Kirk Ferentz is uh, the Dean of college football. Um, yeah. What What's it like knowing that you're going to play for a guy who uh, I want to say the oldest, because that's probably unfair to him, but a guy who's been yeah. around the game as long as anybody. Uh, you know, it's awesome. You know, he, he, he runs a stable program, um, getting to, getting to talk to him, getting to meet him. Um, he's a great guy. Um, he, he was one of the first coaches to come to my games last year in Denison. Uh, him and Coach Woods came all the way up from Denison, which is a four-hour drive. Um, so that really shows a lot, you know, about the person he is. Um, so, yeah, we, we have a good relationship. Um, him and my dad, uh, my dad loves the guy, um, you know, growing up watching Coach Ferentz. Um, and just to be able to play for him now is just – it's unbelievable. And uh, I'm, I'm grabbing this off um, the Iowa website. They've got you listed as a linebacker. Um, you come into Iowa as an athlete. Is linebacker the future for Aiden Hall? What have they talked about as far as position? Uh, so last week, uh, Coach Woods came came to my house. Uh, we had lunch, um, and, and, it, and he told me basically he thinks that, you know, I'm going to come in as a safety um, for maybe a couple of years, and then he thinks I could eventually mold into a linebacker. Um, but right now it's just kind of open. I mean, I'll, I'll play wherever. Um, there's a multitude of positions. Uh, so so I'm very fortunate to, to be in that that spot. Uh, and, and I'm going to read just for anybody who's not familiar with your career. Um, again, you, you talked about your your history, Harlan. I mean, what a rich history, small town with a rich football history, as yeah. you know, Aiden. Um, but but for anybody who's not familiar with with Aiden Hall, I'm grabbing this off the Hawkeye website. Four letters in, in football, running back, wide receiver, linebacker, defensive back. Uh, you won uh, your prep team, won back to back state championships as a junior yeah. and a senior. Reached his title game as a sophomore. He went forty-four and four 
over your four-year high school career. Yeah. Um, 80 rush attempts for 810 yards this past season, 51 receptions for 837 yards, 51 tackles on defense, interception, recovered fumble for a touchdown, three kickoff returns for 206 yards, two touchdowns, 73 yards on punt returns for over 2,000 all-purpose yards. He also rushed 94 times mm. for 777 yards as a junior, 32 receptions for 755 yards, 53 and a half tackles, three interceptions as a junior, 34 receptions for 860 yards. I mean, I can go on and on. You get to yeah. just, you, yeah. you are a, a, a stat sheets dream. So talk about your skill set. You mentioned safety, maybe a, p- a potential transition to linebacker eventually. Um, what do you bring to Iowa that you think is special? Um, you know, well, a lot of people, they don't know about me is I'm actually super fast. Um, you know, I think I would have ran a 10-6 this year in the 100. Um, but, you know, I, I blew out my hamstring in the district meet. Um, so, yeah, I'm very fast. Um, you know, I like to hit people. And you know, I just feel like I'm a smart player and I'm going to make the smart reads. Um, and, and, you know, I have a knack for making plays on the ball. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'll bring. And I'm very hard-nosed, hardworking. Um, I'm going to bring it every day. So, is there anybody on the current roster that you really like, really admire watching? I mean, Cooper DeGene took a lot of guys by storm this year, and he's a small-town guy with speed. But is there anybody on, on the Iowa roster that you've clicked with maybe on your visits or look up to? Uh, definitely Cooper. Um, you know, we actually raced each other uh, my sophomore year um, a couple times. It was in Denison. I, I almost beat him. Uh, I was probably ahead for the first, like, 50, 60 meters. Um, and then, then he got me at the end, but you know, it's, it's cool. Definitely Cooper for sure. Um, so, yeah. And, and finally, I want to finish up with this Harlan. I talked about how unique that community is. Would you be the, the player, the person you are today, Aiden, if it wasn't for, for Harlan? Uh, maybe not. Um, you know, my family, we used to live in Denison, which is like 30 minutes away. Um, it's not a very good football program. Um, I guess it's, it's starting to become one now, but you know, at, at the time we left, it was kind of, it wasn't the best. Um, so then we left, came here, um, you know, it's, it, it's definitely helped me a lot. You know, I have a great head coach who, who has a lot of connections, um, and, you know, just helped me get recruited. So yeah, coming here has definitely, definitely helped me a lot. Um, I was able to win two state championships. So, so yeah, I'm very fortunate. And just to clarify, when did you move to Harlan? Uh, I was in like third grade. You were in third grade. Okay. So I have, I, I have two older brothers and they, they both went to Denison high school. So we moved like right after that. Yeah, Denison is a, a very, I mean, I, I'm hearing names where, you know, you're Denison's yeah. straight over on Highway 30, but it, unless you have a reason to go to Denison, you probably never, ever visit the community of Denison. It's a nice little community, but but yeah. it's it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. And in Harlan, yeah. I mean, it's not same like you're surrounded. What's that? It's the same thing. Yeah, there's there's nothing around here. Um, Harlan's smaller than Denison, actually. Um, so oh, you got a dollar, is there a dollar general? There's a dollar general. You got a Mexican we, restaurant? We do. We got a Burger King. Yeah, yeah. We got a, we got a couple other restaurants around, but, but other than that, there there ain't much. So what does Aiden Hall like to do in his free time? Play video games, work out, just like every other kid, really. Yeah, I remember talking to uh, Aaron Graves last year, and I asked him that question. He's like, "Well, what's there to do in Gallery, Iowa? <laughs> like, yeah, there's, there's not much. Like, yeah, go, go down to Omaha every once in a while. That's not that far." How far is Omaha? An hour and a half? Like 50, 50 minutes. Okay. Wow. Even less than yeah, that. Yeah, not okay. bad. So. Well, uh, I'm assuming you're, you're going to be here in the summertime. Is that correct? Yep. June. Yep. So, uh, again, just congratulations from us here, uh, Aiden. And uh, thank you for being a part of this show. We look forward to seeing you in, in the summer. 
And uh, I I know that certainly Kirk Ferentz is going to, if this ever gets back to him, he's going to like hearing you say, hey, I just want to work on special teams to start out. Because you know, you and I both know, Aiden, that guys get on the field primarily on special teams to start. And boy, a number of uh, highly acclaimed stars from this program that have emerged via special teams. So we look forward to seeing you work hard this next summer and potentially get in the field early. Yo, thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Aiden. Aiden Hall from uh, Harlan, Iowa, future potential linebacker. It's interesting that Iowa has him, their uh, commitment list, their signee list today. Uh, they list uh, Aiden as a linebacker. And it sounds like maybe his at least immediate future is at safety. So appreciate Aiden being a part of the show and uh, very, very rich football history. If you don't know much about Harlan football, uh, do some Googling. You'll, you'll find some, uh, incredible stuff about that small town community. And uh, again, he's another guy who's been locked in his, he's been a part of this class for quite some time. Obviously it wasn't official till today, but uh, you know, we just, I guess human element, human inclination is to kind of overlook these guys who have just been locked in, whether we're talking about Aiden Hall or Zach Lutmer or Maddox Borcherding Johnson. And sometimes those are the guys that end up being, um, mainstays in this program and boy intriguing offer list from Aiden Hall we're talking about again Army Navy Minnesota North Dakota State South Dakota State was in on Aiden as well so uh, looking forward to seeing him arrive on campus this coming summer all right the phone line is open folks 515-635-1601 515-635-1601 you can also join by means of the link in the description below um, I know I'm behind on the chat a bit. Ryan wants to know, uh, do we have anyone on the staff that recruits Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi specifically? I don't, I don't have the answer to that, Ryan. I mean, I was not real active down there. I know, you know, they found Brandon Smith a couple of years back. Well, it's been more than a couple of years, but what, five or six years back found him. I believe he was a Mississippi state kid uh, or Mississippi kid. Excuse me. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of guys recently that they've recruited from down there. Um, Obviously, the, the Purdue flip is from as a Texas guy. Uh, Texas is a hotbed. Iowa used to do a lot of damage down in Texas when Hayden Fry was here, and certainly Don Patterson. Those guys were Texas boys. So, uh, you know, Liddell Betts helps them down in Florida. No question about it. They've they've nabbed some guys from uh, the Sunshine State. I don't have an answer to this question about Bama, Louisville, uh, Louisiana, and Mississippi State. I got to give you an update, folks, on this Iowa men's basketball game. And you don't care about basketball. I'm sorry. Iowa right now leads East Eastern Illinois 47 to 44 with 16 minutes to go. I, I, I it's not a typo. A three point lead. The Hawkeyes at home playing a three and nine Eastern Illinois team and a dunk for the Panthers. It's a one point game. Yikes. Um, this is a get out of jail. Let's hope it's a get out of jail free day for for the Iowa Hawkeyes because th- this is a loss you cannot have as it relates to being the bubble team in March. You, you lose to Eastern Illinois. That is a backbreaker potentially. Yikes. Um, Josh wants to know any updates from the the transfer big from Texas Tech is in the portal. You're referring to Fardas AMAC. The reports were that he was planning on entering the portal. He never did. Uh, my understanding is that he's st- staying put. He he came out with a statement. He is staying put um, at Texas Tech. He's hurt right now, but my my understanding is he will uh, 
he'll be back once he gets healthy. So, you know, if he had entered the portal, boy, if you're Iowa, you look at him, right? Uh, Iowa could have most definitely used somebody like Fardot's AMAC, but uh, doesn't sound like that's going to be a possibility. Brad says uh, Iowa's a 32-point favorite against Eastern. It's a one-point game. Ryan, I don't have the answer to that. Is Connor not playing? Uh, I don't have the answer to that because I haven't been watching it. Uh, and again, we can stick to uh, to basketball um, or to excuse me to football. Uh, but I will answer your question here because I've got my phone up in front of me. Um, according to the box score, I guess you got you you could look this up too, Ryan. Right? Um, but I'll do it since I'm on here. According to the box score, um, Connor McCaffrey has not played today, so. Remember, he he banged up the the forearm wrist area against uh, Southeast Missouri. Uh, and again, I'm assuming that Gary Close is watching this. He's going to be able to give us some insight into this because this is ugly. This is bad. Maybe Eastern Illinois is uh, taking out some anger. Maybe the football coaches uh, met with the basketball team because remember, Iowa got the flip from Tegan Davis on the football field. <laughs> and maybe there's some uh, sour grapes and Eastern Illinois stepped up to the plate. But this is not a good result so far. 16 minutes to go. Hawks up one. Timeout on the floor, 47 46. Ryan says, did any of the Iowa kids that enter the portal get picked up that were not previously signed before today? Well, Keegan Johnson's uh, transferring to uh, Kansas State. We know that. Um, Obviously, Arlen Bruce is not committed anywhere. He did visit Mississippi State recently and answer your question, Brian. Justin Jacobs is uh, committed to Oregon, so I'm assuming he's signed today. I'm assuming that's how it works, right? Uh, he'll he'll sign today or has signed today. Um, Dallas Cradith entered the portal. He's listed on the Iowa two deep, so that's intriguing. Um, he, he is listed on the two deep, so uh, it will be intriguing to see what happens with him. Does he stay here? Is that just kind of a, a bone that I was throwing at him for being so loyal for the last four years? He has been a guy you look up to. Uh, just a, a great story, Dallas Cradith, who came here as a four-star kid, struggled to get on the field on on defense, and has stuck around. Uh, and we'll get a chance somewhere else if he chooses to leave, I think, to play. But his loyalty to this program is uh, something that's not all that common. Um, by the way, uh, Iowa with the ball now out of the timeout, and Tony Perkins scores inside, so it's now a three-point lead with the Hawks under 16 minutes to go. All right. Um, if I missed your super chat earlier, please let me know. I don't believe I did. Um, but again, please let me know. A reminder to please hit the like button if you're here. we got about 240 people on. Uh, it would be great if everybody could just take a moment to scroll down on your page, on your screen, and hit that like button. Hit the thumbs up. That helps the channel immensely. Uh, and by the way, the other thing about Iowa uh, basketball right now playing with fire against Eastern, it, it's like the Richmond game last year in the tournament last season. You've already allowed Eastern to gain confidence, uh, regardless of how Iowa plays from here on out. They've already gained confidence that they can play with the Hawks. Uh, I mean, they just made a contested jumper. It's back down to a one-point game. That's a problem with letting a team like this hang around. And boy, it's a sleepy arena. I mean, they don't look like anybody at that game. And I don't blame you. Blame Iowa fans right now. You got snow falling here in Ames. You've got a, a game that's being played in the middle of the day. Uh, now, that's not an excuse for the players, but for fans, I this is the one time I won't blame fans for maybe not showing up. It is what it is, and this is a game that Iowa should have uh, had won in the first 10 minutes of the game. So, again, we'll keep following it here throughout the day. All right. Um, Keith says, this recruiting class is a good one for Iowa. It will keep them at seven or eight wins a year. 
not bad. Well, I don't know if there's some sarcasm there from Keith, but uh, again, I, I don't really care so much about rankings like the, the 247 sports rankings and the rivals rankings. It's got them in the, with the 30s right now with Caden Proctor. It was a top 25 class. Um, I trust Phil Parker. I trust Kirk to identify talent, especially at non-skill positions, right? Uh, I, I think the verdict is out uh, as it relates to wide receiver. Iowa has struggled to recruit wide receivers. Um, you know, we can run through the class. We got a, a, a slight, a brief opening here before our next uh, athlete calls in. Um, let me pull up the uh, official class here, and I don't have all of it for the screen here, but of course you can search this, right? You can find this in a couple of seconds. Um, but uh, we've talked to some of our recruits this afternoon uh, let's talk about some of the guys that we don't have coming on the show today. Trevor Lauk, four-star kid out of Indianapolis, moves really well for 6'6", 285. He is, according to 247 Sports, the best prospect in this class for the Hawkeyes. He signed today. He's got an opportunity to come in and play early. Not saying he's going to be a day-one starter. That's tough to do. I think Caden Proctor could have pulled it off. But Lauk, I mean, this class is built around Lauk and Marco Linez. Uh, Lauk is the only four-star left, the only four-star at all in this class per 247. I think... Marco Linez is every bit of a four-star. And at one time, he was a four-star, according to either Rivals or 247. Um, but as of right now, uh, Lauk is the highest-rated kid. Leighton Jones mentioned him earlier. We talked to him. Future at center, Alex Moda uh, at receiver, guy who can take the top off a defense, play a lot of quarterback in high school, play a little bit of receiver his senior year. Uh, but he, he's got some development to do. But Again, we're talking receiver positions, not as hard to learn once you get to the college level. Ben Keeter, linebacker, world champion wrestler. Uh, he is going to be uh, a special. I, I really do believe he's going to be special. Don't have him coming on the show this afternoon. Would have loved to have had him on. He is a guy who's uh, home ground. I mean, he's literally an Iowa City high kid and uh, 6'3", 220. You know, again, Iowa's pedigree for loving wrestlers. Um, looking forward to seeing Ben develop at Iowa Hawkeyes. Now the Iowa men's basketball team up 50 to 48, 15 minutes to go. Let's get to our next caller, Erica. Welcome. Hello. Erica. Hi, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? Good. Um, I just had a few quick comments. I wanted to go through here. Um, the first one is obviously I'm disappointed about Caden. I'm not going to talk too much about it. And I do agree that some people are not handling it and not representing us very well with what they're saying. And I don't mean in this chat, I'm just saying in general, like on Twitter and that type of stuff. But I guess one could argue sometimes on Twitter, that's how things go. Um, but so it'd be really nice if people are really swearing at Caden, like he's claiming. It would be nice if people would stop that, I think. Um, that being said, I'm also a little frustrated about it because he did leave us a little bit high and dry. Um, but at the end of the day, it's his decision and he's going to do what he needs to do and what he wants to do. So... Hopefully he does okay over there. I won't be watching him, but hopefully he does okay down at Bama. Yeah, I, I don't wish any. I wish all the best for him. By the way, Eastern Illinois just took the lead. Yikes, fifty-one fifty. Uh, I, I don't have any. Yeah, of course, no ill wishes for a kid like for Caden Proctor. I understand the timing is frustrating. I get that. I mean, he's got every right to decommit and flip. Um, I know some people thought this was coming a few weeks back. Uh, I talked about it on a recent show that Iowa's home visit they conducted with Caden. Last week was bad. I, I don't know if that's the reason, the, the, the main reason why this decommitment occurred. I know he had a tremendous visit down in 
uh, Alabama. I mean, the Tuscaloosa guys, I mean, they just hit this thing out of the park. So mm-hmm. actor, uh, and I, again, I don't have any reason to think his circles not telling the truth. I, I believe they're being genuine on this. I wish the kid all the best as well. I'm with you. Why wouldn't you at this point? Um, I, I think there's reason to believe he made this decision. Um, genuinely, I don't, I, I know some people want to place it all on money. That's, uh, you know, if you believe that you can believe that I know his circle, they've consistently said, it's not about money. Um, you can not to believe that if you don't want to, but, uh, it is frustrating. If people are going out of their way to be nasty, to make comments uh, yeah. directed at him. It's unfortunate. My advice to him is just get, just take a break from social media. You're locked in. Why do you need to be on social media? Like, right. I, and did I, he expect, what I'm wondering is, did he expect the Iowa fans to just be okay with it? Like if that was his expectation, that's not realistic. Obviously people are not going to be happy, but on the other side of it, it doesn't give anyone like the fact what he did doesn't give anyone free reign to just be nasty. Like you said, so I get both sides of it, I guess is my point at the end of the day, he's made his decision. He's going to do what he's going to do. And hopefully people stop being nasty and hopefully he stops telling, you know, putting a bad name out there for Iowa. Cause that's kind of what I feel like he's doing at the moment. Brad says uh, if home visit was bad. Can we safely put this on the coaching staff for screwing this up? That's up for everybody to, to determine. Um, again, I'm not going to name, who my source is, but it's someone within the Caden Proctor, I, I say friends, family circle. I, I, it's someone reliable. Uh, I, if you want to call him a liar, you're welcome to. Um, if that's the case, if, if that information was correct, then that I have no reason to think that wasn't a factor. If Iowa had knocked that home visit out of the park, then then maybe he wouldn't have been swayed. I, I don't know. I, I don't want. I know if I go out in the record and say, "Well, this is Iowa's fault," there are going to be so many people, even the people who don't like Brian and don't like Kirk, so many people who are so angry at Caden because he didn't stick to his word and he wasn't loyal that they will defend Iowa in this, even though they weren't in that room, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in that room, they nobody else was in that room but Caden, his friends, his family, whoever else was there, the three coaches that were there from Iowa. We don't know what happened, so I'm just going by what I was told. If that's the case, then you have to put some accountability, some responsibility on the Iowa coaches. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, it, it really is starting to feel like the coaches are just getting a free pass. Not, And I don't mean just with Caden. I mean, in general, they're getting a free pass because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to rehash the last season. We're here to look forward and look at the next season, and I get that. But everyone who's watched this show – and seeing my opinions like here on the show, like in the chat and on social media, know how I feel about the whole thing. Let's just leave it at that. But it does seem like a lack of accountability going on here. And I think that's something that hopefully will be fixed. I hope it is. And, you know, Corey, I know you've said on the show more than once that hopefully, um, you know, our, our athletic director sat down with Kirk and said, look, we're going to have to let Brian go. And if you're not okay with that, you might also have to leave. I've gotten at first, I was like, eh, I'm not crazy about the idea of Kirk being let go. I mean, absolutely. I've said the whole season, I want Brian gone, but I wasn't thrilled with the idea of Kirk leaving. But now I've gotten to the point just in the last, you know, few games of the season. I'm okay if Kirk has to leave, if that's what it means. I mean, he did a lot for this program, but I don't think it's fair to say that you can, like, you can't say that, oh, he, he did a lot. And, you know, that's why we should keep him. No, like we can say that. Yeah, both the things like he's done a lot. That's 100 percent true. But the last few years haven't been fantastic. The nepotism stuff, the racism stuff, all of this. So it might be times that we part ways and we don't want this to end up like Hayden Fry, where it just ended up being he had to go. We don't want that. He's had such a good run here. Why? Why wreck it that way? 
I, I understand uh, where, where you're coming from now. The, the, the apologists, the people who defend Kirk on, on some of the issues that I think are valid, you just brought up, would, would bring up the fact, Erica, that they did win 10 games last year. <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing that. I'm I know, sorry. I, I'm I so tired of hearing that. That wasn't because of the offense that we won those 10 games. Let's be real. No, but you're, you're, calling, out, you're calling out Kirk, and Kirk is not the OC as much as people want to think he is. He's not. No, 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 I know. But it, ultimately, all of it falls on him. He's the head coach. You're right. You're right. He's the head coach. And so it's a cop out just to say, oh, it's all on Brian. It's all on this person. It's all on that person. Well, we need to hold everybody involved accountable. And granted, it might be more directly related to Brian's play calls, for example, and all that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, they all report to Kirk as the head coach. So I'm not saying I'm not saying I want him gone tomorrow necessarily either. But if he refuses to let Brian leave. You know, I'm sorry. That's just we need to do something. Like I'm not, okay. and this, and the whole reason, like I decided to call in, started more so with um, there was somebody in the chat who seems to be content with just seven or eight wins every year, and it just seems dead against the idea of having anyone improve anything. And I just think that is such such a defeatist attitude. I am so tired of hearing that from people. Why can't we want more? Like we deserve better. What's wrong with wanting that? I. I'm not going to tell you there's anything wrong with it. And um, if if this, I'll say this: if the if the offensive woes don't improve, um, then I, I don't know how anybody could defend it. And, and I say it, I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about Kirk. I mean, I I don't know how anybody can can defend that at that point. Right, we're getting to the point of no return here. I mean. Some would say, Erica, that that you got to give Kirk time now because he's. Grabbed a really good prospect out of the portal at quarterback. He's grabbed a really good tight end prospect. Now they've also lost guys, um, and I understand you may, you know, rebuttal and say, "Well, Brian's still running the offense." I understand that point of view. Um, it, it's going to be an intriguing few weeks because we got the bowl game, and then you know, will we see any staff changes? It will be it will be interesting to see. Yeah, and I mean, there's that, and then there's like I said, there's this defeatist attitude within the fan base. Some people are just okay with status quo, and everyone has the right to their opinion. And that's totally okay if someone disagrees with what I think. Like, I'm just some, you know, Iowa graduate who lives in the Chicago area. I don't mean much in the grand scheme of things, and I get that, but I am sure I'm not alone in wanting better. Like, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, we should be striving to be be the best we can be. Why can't we think about looking at natties and stuff like that? I don't understand why not. Just because we've never, we haven't done it in so many years doesn't mean we can't. I I love your way of thinking, Erica. Uh, It's progressive, and I think it's, it's the right way of thinking as it relates to uh, college football. I I, I mean, if I thought like that in my personal life, I wouldn't get anywhere. No one would. No one would grow as a person or as a professional or what have you if they thought that way. Yeah, I, I hear you. So anyway, I'm sorry. I don't mean to get emotional, but no, I just feel like I've been saying the whole th- the same thing all season long, and it's just getting to the point where it's like, come on now. Like, this well, is becoming there, almost, you know. Let's wait, let's wait until the first couple of weeks of January, and if, if, you know, depending on what changes are made, what changes are not made, we'll, we'll have – We'll have those conversations. Yeah. And it's just, it's getting to the point where it's almost, it's like embarrassing to say you're an Iowa fan almost in some respects. Like if things don't change, if Brian's not let go and the offense offense can't get their act together, which I agree with you, like Marco, I am huge. I already, I'm already a huge fan of his and I mean, I haven't even seen him play a snap as, as a Hawkeye yet. I think he's fantastic. I think some of the other recruits who've come on today are fantastic and just have 
such good attitudes and such good abilities. And I really believe in all of that. But the fact is, if there's nepotism going on, if there's racism going on, if we don't hold coaching or coaches accountable, I mean, what does that mean for our program? Valid concerns, Erica. <laughs> Valid concerns. Anyway, I am preaching to the choir for the most part. I think it's just I saw someone in the chat commenting like seven or eight wins should be enough. I just don't buy into that philosophy at all. I think that's hogwash. Hogwash. It's a good word. Sorry. I just I get passionate. Right. You know me. I've I, called in passionately a few times before. I am Not my first time. <laughs> about being complacent and that's everybody's right. They want to view things. I, I'm right with you. I, I think I would, you know, you're if you're being complacent, if you're complacent and satisfied with eight to nine wins a season, then then get on out of here. Uh, you know, right. That's my opinion. But like, if you want more, if you if they're content with that, just start watching FCS. Then, like, don't even bother watching Hawkeyes or Big Ten at all. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, come on. You're gonna just say, listen. You're gonna get ripped by some people in the chat. They I don't care. Sorry, That's I don't good. care. They have the right to their opinion. I have the right to mine. And if we can't agree, we can't agree. I'm not going to cry over it. <laughs> you know, like that's fine. I I take it. I feel like I feel I have my opinion, and they have the right to theirs as well. So that's fine. Absolutely. That's Eric, totally we, okay with me. We've got our uh, our next athlete on hold here. Um, I, I always enjoy hearing from you, and, and please call back. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thanks, Erica. All right. Well. That was real. Now we've got a guy who's uh, <laughs> who just won a natty. I mean, just you just won a natty. And Ontario, you you heard part of that last phone call. You know that uh, fans here want success. You literally are the epitome of success at the college level. First of all, thank you for being here. You just coming off a national championship at Iowa Western. Um, congratulations on signing today. What's it been like these last few weeks? Just from winning a national championship to to winning to uh, signing. What's it been like? It's been unreal. I mean, like, I mean, like, I still can't believe that I'm a national champ. Like, if you like look back into it, all of them hard, them hard summers, all them hard workouts, all them, just all the hard work that we put in as individuals and as a group, it's it's just speechless. I mean, like, we still we still talk about it to this day. Like, we're really national champs. We really made it all the way here. Everybody doubted us. Everybody didn't believe we was gonna make it here. And we made it. And when we got the opportunity to make it in the playoffs, we knew it was the last chance we uh, ever play with each other. And the last game, the national championship game, we we did all. We played our all. We shot out the number one team, what they said was the number one team. And we were crowned national champs. And what's it feel like today? You, you, you made it official. You are a Big Ten defensive lineman. If anybody missed your interview, um, with with I mean I, I we just talked what a few weeks ago it hasn't been that long ago so if anybody missed that interview cer certainly go back and check that out because they'll hear your story we don't have time to go through everything today but you're a debut kid you're an Iowa kid you you went through tribulation you, you you stuck to your values that were instilled by different mentors in your life including some coaches that I know mean a lot to you but what's it feel like to have come full circle and you're able to go back to Eastern Iowa as a Big Ten defensive tackle it's crazy i mean if you take a look back at the uh when we first talked in the episode where i was explaining my life story i mean i was never looked at as some crazy athlete growing up 
I never looked at myself that way. I never believed in myself as a crazy athlete. I wanted just I was into video games. I was just a kid that liked to stay in the house. And then when I got the opportunity, when I actually wanted to play sports, no, I, no one believed in me at first. Nobody, nobody thought I was gonna get to where I'm at right now. So like, that fueled me to do, to do what I am today. I'm a Big Ten defensive tackle. People dream about these moments. People, I got people texting me telling, "Oh, you came from my hometown debut." You, you, you got me. I, um, you got. I got people looking up to me, and I never had. I was looking up to people. I was looking up to people, and just for people to just look up to me as somebody that got out of the Dubuque, Iowa, that made it to Big Ten, made it to play Power Five college football is just crazy. And I just, I'm signed. I'm, I'm a part of Iowa, and I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm so ready. Like. I'm ready to give my 100% all to this program. I, I could be wrong. I haven't talked with everybody here uh, in the class. We've had a conversation with a number of, of, of your future teammates in Iowa 2023 signees today. Mm-hmm. But I, I, are you the only guy that you know of that's enrolling early from this freshman class? Um, as, of right now, I, as of right now, I think I am the only one. But uh, I haven't really talked to no others that are coming in early. But as of right now, I think I'm the only one enrolling early. What's that going to do for you? Be able to get there in the spring and tear some heads off? I get a head start, man. I get a head start into uh, uh, being coached by Coach Bell, learning the plays, learning all the schemes. And when spring ball comes around, I'm going to already be 10 toes, 10 steps ahead. Jordan in our chat, he says uh, something about – the future potentially with you and Aaron Graves. What do you know about Aaron Graves? I mean, I've seen – so I was scrolling on my phone one time. I was going through Instagram stories, and then a video popped up of him. And it was like – and it was just showing how he was a multi-sport athlete that was dominating wrestling. He he hooped, and he played football. He ended up being – I think he was – I think he was player of the year. Was he player of the year? I, I I I'm sure he was. It, it was some it was some crazy like that. And then I I went to uh the Iowa visit. I got to see him practice, and he big. That's a big boy right there, man. I, all of them big. I went there and I thought I was big. I got to see real. I got to see more people about my size develop like me. And then I can't wait to get up there and just knock some heads off, man. You imagine, I mean, you, I mean, we can imagine it as, as people who cover the sport, follow the sport, you and Aaron Graves together in a couple of years. I mean, I'm not saying it, it could happen sooner than we think, but I mean, you too, potentially, and we'll see if Aaron stick, you know, he was kind of recruited as a DN. As you know, Kelvin Bell likes to run guys all over the place, right? He's going to mix and match with, with combos. And, you know, we didn't see as much as the Raider package where guys are standing up and kind of moving across that line. But man, that, that is a, uh, Good reason, Jordan, in our, our chat. Good point, seeing you and Aaron Graves in the football field at the same time here, potentially in the next year or two. What do you bring to Iowa that is unique? You are, I, I can tell you my opinion, uh, your speed off the line, right? I mean, you get off your spot quickly. Um, you obviously have a knack for getting to the uh, quarterback. Just talk about your skill set. What makes Ontario Thompson special in the football field? 
I mean, like you said, my speed at my size, I feel like I'm very quick, very twitchy. I feel like coming into Iowa, I could bring a little finesse in there. Um, I'm really good with my hands. I'm very powerful with my hands. And I got really long arms. I got really long arms. Man, I could bring a lot to Iowa's defense. And, like, people – and I like this. I want to bring this up, too, for the fans and everything. Everybody's calling me Davion Nixon 2.0 and this and that. I like to say – I appreciate the compliments, but I, w- I would like to come in as Ontario Thompson. I don't want to come in with these expectations of being like Davion Nixon. I know he came from our school. I know we were the same number at the school. We both came to Iowa, but I just want to be known as myself, Ontario Thompson. No, no disrespect to what he did for the Iowa program. He was very dominant, and you see he's drafted, but I like I like to – change it up come in as Ontario Thompson just I just wanted to tell the fans that I appreciate that and you are you are your own guy and and it's natural I mean you know the, the comparisons are going to be made I think I when I asked you a few weeks ago I said well who do you emulate I think maybe you brought up Davion Nixon but it, it, I think the, the great thing about your story and, and certainly Davion Nixon he went through adversity in high school, but you really, I mean, you're talking, you were, it, there were times prior to to uh, going to Iowa Western where you were talking about not playing football anymore, right? I mean, we were, we weren't even, we would have never gotten here. We would have never gotten to Iowa Western. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to uh, share this again later. I'll share the link in the live chat. People need to go back and listen to that interview uh, with you here a few weeks ago, but in, it briefly, I know you got to go and we got a schedule here. Tell us what, caused you to who caught who helped you and what caused you to stick with football and endure the difficult times uh my grandma man i mean like i lost her uh lost her three three four years ago on thanksgiving day uh and i was hurt i didn't want i I didn't feel like myself i lost a part of me and i was i'd lost the sport of football i'm well um i let things get to me i uh messed up academically and it, I got a concussion prior from the days I was going to return to play football. And it was just a lot of emotions that came in. And I ended up quitting the game of football. But I sat down one night. I felt my grandma was with me at that moment. And she was telling, and I had a conversation with her. And I was, she let me know, man. I, she let me know, you can't quit the game of football. I felt, I felt her voice. You can't quit the game of football. What would you do if I was still here? And, I told her I keep. I, I told her I'm a. I'm a dog. I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna do it for you. I got her name tatted on me. I'm doing this for my grandma. I do this for my mother. I do this for my family. I do it for everybody that believe in me. I, I mean, the fans. I'm fans. I'm just letting y'all know now, man. I'm. I got a motor. I'm coming in. I'm coming in hungry. I'm coming in determined. To be the best I can be and be the best I can be for the Iowa program. And it's one thing I, I know. I keep going back to adversity. It's one thing to feel that, but when you have been able, you have overcome those things. Because if you're riding on top of the world, Ontario, and you never experience adversity, you may have all the confidence in the world. But what happens when things get rough? You've been through those times, and things will. You're going to experience adversity in, in the Big Ten level. But it sounds like you feel confident you can meet those adversities. Uh, head on as they come. Uh, Erica has a super chat for you. Thank you, Erica. She says, Ontario, I'm the fan who complimented your interview on this channel a few weeks ago. Excited to see you in the black and gold. So, and, and I, again, reiterating everybody in our chat, people are pumped to see you get it done in an Iowa uniform here 
soon. And so give me a timeline, Ontario, wrap this, wrap this interview up. Give me a timeline as to when you will actually get to Iowa city. Um, so the plan is right now I'm in a, uh, I'm taking two winter classes for Iowa Western at home. They're two, three week classes. And once I'm done with those and I get my AA degree, I'm going to enroll in Iowa the, the first week of January. So I should be on campus the first week of January, uh, the second at the latest. So you will be here sooner rather than later, rather than later, excuse me. Ontario Thompson, uh, six foot three, two hundred ninety five guy who runs a four six forty. Four six forty. That's pretty fast, folks, for a three hundred pound dude. So uh, we we look forward to seeing you uh, running that fast at uh, opposing quarterbacks in the Big Ten here very soon, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining, sir. We'll we'll see you soon. All right, man. You have a good one. Thank you. Always love talking to Ontario. Had him on uh, a few weeks ago. I got to give people an update, folks. Six fifty-one to go, and I, I, I just cannot believe what I'm witnessing here. Iowa down seventy to sixty-five to Eastern Illinois, to a three and nine Eastern Illinois team that's absolutely awful. Obviously, they haven't played awful today, but man, alive! Iowa trying to employ a press, and they give up another bucket plus a foul. Things are snowballing right now, and it's 72 to 65 with 653 to go. We will wait and see, but uh, it's going to be a pretty depressing post game show, and this could be a killer for March. Uh, wow, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that here coming up.